Hello everyone, welcome to Birdcast, the only podcast recorded in a live aviary. Except we're not in a live aviary today, we're out in the field. And we're here with Birdman Dad, if you want to say hello. Hi everyone, how are you going? Alright, now, today we're going to be talking about the white-tailed black cockatoo, aka the carnaby cockatoo. The carnaby cockatoo only lives in Western Australia, and it is extremely endangered. What can you tell us about these birds, Birdman Dad? Okay, so the uh, the carnaby, the white-tailed black cockatoo, um, which we get on our property here, uh, just north of Perth, there is two varieties. Um, this is the short-billed white-tailed black cockatoo. Um, there is also the other species, which is down on the uh, s- southern tip of Western Australia. Um, yeah, and there are the Bordens, uh, which are the, have the long bill. But anyway, yep, so the short-billed white-tailed black cockatoos, or carnabies. Um, a lot of them around Perth itself, but over the years, because of a lot of um, development and clearing and things like that, they have started to venture more north of Perth. We're lucky enough um, to have them, like I say, on our block. Also, um, and we're about an hour north of Perth, three quarters of an hour. So if you kept going up the Great Northern, what they call the Great Northern Highway, um, to a place called Mora, uh, which would be a couple of hours from Perth, um, and out in the general wheat belt area of there, you will um, come across this magnificent cocky. Um, We've seen them on our block uh, mainly eat the Mari nuts. Um, so they, at the certain times of the year, they absolutely destroy them. I have also been told that they'll um, eat uh, small grubs and things like that. Okay, so here's one of the trees that we get a lot of them in. The old dead tree looking tree it is. But they get up there and pick the bark off. Pick it all off, get little bugs, either maybe some white ants in there, but they um, chew the bark, come in here every afternoon doing that. Um, a lot of the trees <coughs> down on the horizon, they've uh, weed through there freely. So we've got the gum trees, obviously they nest in hollows. Sometimes I go high up, up to five, six metres up in the air, depending on what trees are suitable for them. Definitely a problem through here. Okay, now the white-tailed cockatoos breed in and around white gums. As we have white gums on our property, are they breeding here? Uh, yes, so um, we've also had them breed on the property. Um, all white-tailed black cockatoos um, will lay two eggs. Uh, basically, um, Nine times out of ten, the two eggs will hatch, but they'll only feed the first one. Um, and I think that is because of the fact that uh, they de- are so dependent of their parents for a good 12 months after hatching so and leave the nest that um, they won't feed the second baby, which is sad, but that usually uh, dies in the nest itself. So, yeah. Is it true that we have had some pairs um, breeding on our property longer than I have been alive? Yeah, that's right. Um, definitely. So 
We've lived on this property for close to 21 years now, I think. Um, and from the moment we bought the property and then obviously moved down from the Wheatbelt area and and uh, set up, um, built our house and everything here, we've had um, white-tailed black cockatoos breeding. Um, there's only ever been a couple of nest sites on our property, um, but they've always had to um, compete with the the Galahs and the Corellas, which is um, really sad um, come breeding season. But um, normally the white-tailed black cockatoo does seem to win out um, and they do retain their uh, nest site. But um, yet we've definitely had them for at least 20 years that I know of um, because obviously that's how long we've been here. Um, and yes, they have been breeding, so yeah. There was a bit of a tra tragedy in August, wasn't there? Can you explain this to the listeners? Yeah, there was. Um, it was, um, yeah, really sad because we've had a uh, um, sort of leading up to August last year, so 2020, um, the, we got some really, really strong winds. We do get winds here from time to time, but um, these were really exceptionally strong. Um, and the limb... Uh, of, of one of the breeding trees, or basically the only breeding tree that we knew of, uh, blew off. So um, it was definitely a bit of a, a tragedy because obviously over the 20 odd years that we've been here, uh, pairs have been coming back every year to breed and I've witnessed um, a pair of birds breeding. Uh, they would fledge and another pair would go in and we've had birds use, a, you know, two pairs use the same hollow log in one season and um, come January, February in the hot months, birds were still in the nest. So yes, it was damaged. Uh, the limb did blow clean off the tree. So as this breeding tree was basically ruined, what did you do to fix it? Oh, okay. So um, what we thought we would try and do um, was the, obviously the limb was gone. So we decided that we might um, try and ring around or, or put some uh, posts on Facebook uh, just to see if there was any way we could get the tree repaired. Um, and when I mean repaired, I don't mean the limb can go back up on there, but um, I thought of actually where the bit had been snapped off if we could have got up. It was quite high. It was probably about 8, 9, 12 metres off the ground but to see if we could actually dig the hollow out more so the birds could keep using it. Um, but unfortunately, uh, that didn't work out. So, like I say, we did put some posts on Facebook uh, because we'd heard there'd been some um, funding for the Carnaby Nest um, sites and repairs. So we went along those lines um, and yeah, yeah, so unfortunately there was um, no funding for the couple pairs that we uh, knew that were nesting on an, on our block and around. Um, so what we thought we'd do is we'd start asking some questions, um, which, yeah, took a lot of ringing around, but in the end... Um, we did find there was some light at the end of the tunnel through BirdLife WA. 
Yep, so like I say, eventually through BirdLife WA, um, there was some funding made available um, for what they call the um, the cocky tubes. Um, so yeah, we were we were lucky enough to end up with two of them. Wow, the cocky tubes sound extremely interesting. Can you describe a little more of this to the listeners? Yeah, okay, so the cocky tubes that turned up, um, courtesy um, and installed by Dean from Carnaby Crusaders, um, were about 1,200, 1.2 metres in length. I think from memory around 300 to 400 millimetres round. Um, they had a false bottom put on them, obviously. Um, and they were like an insulated tube. Uh, quite can't remember what um, Dean said that they were actually used for, whether it was in the mining sector or what, I can't remember. But they were an insulated tube so that the birds wouldn't get too hot or the eggs if these birds were to even um, use the tubes. Wow. So once the tubes are in the trees, how long did it take before any of the birds are interested in them? Right, okay. So obviously Dean turned up, um, uh, walked around our property uh, for an hour, uh, possibly a bit more, a bit less, and uh, looked for a nice location where these tubes could be installed. Now, because of that, the black cockies are more keen on the, obviously, on the white gums. Uh, we have got a few large white gums on the property, but the biggest issue with it was the foliage over the top. So what you, what he had to look for was one where he could install them on the you know high enough off the ground, but there was a lot of foliage over the top of the tree that would shade the uh, tubes in these um, hot um, summer months, or well, leading up to the hot summer months. Wow. So, do the carnivores breed in the tubes? Okay, so what happened was obviously these tubes got installed. Um, I must admit, I, I really didn't hold a lot of faith in it, but within three days, there was a pair already looking in the first tube, to my amazement. Um, I reckon within about the fourth day, the hen was actually entering the tube. Um, and going up and down the tubes have got like a, a little uh, uh, a piece of white gum that hangs inside so the birds can crawl up and down quite easily uh, and that's probably about 70 millimeters round um, and and they were entering it and then the second tube after a lot of fighting because other birds decided they would turn up now that these nest sites were available about four weeks later um, another pair had taken over the second tube. So, uh, yeah, there you go. Yep, so in they went and started breeding, uh, much to our amazement. Um, so as time went on, obviously, um, the birds were coming and going, the males, which indicated that the females obviously were down and um, had laid eggs um, in these tubes, um, which I just remember are white in colour, actually. Um, yeah, and uh, we actually had a visit um, from BirdLife WA coming out with a 
like a camera on a big pole, they were actually able to look inside the two tubes and actually um, see what was going on, and um, which was unbelievable because there was two young white-tailed black cockatoos, um, probably about oh, possibly a month difference in age, which probably would be right because the first tube um, they seemed to uh, accept straight away or there was no squabbling it was only when the second one uh, the other pairs turned up so there was a little bit of squabbling so yeah so we got some some beautiful pictures of the young in the log um, and eventually I reckon around three months two weeks the first one actually left the first tube and the second one we believe must be very close uh, because we've had some real, real shocking hot weather leading up to Christmas and over Christmas. So we think he's either gone or he could be very, very close um, to, to leaving. But um, what you'll probably hear in the background is um, a, one of the young or the fledging wanting to be fed. Um, they squawk heaps and heaps and heaps until mum or dad decides to feed them, give them a drink or whatever, um, which on our block we've got like a, um, a bird bath, uh, like a fairly big concrete bird bath, and we've had that up there for, like I say, close to 20 years as well, and all year long, more so in the breeding season, the white tails come down and drink, and sometimes... I've been lucky enough on real, real hot days to be able to fan them with some water. I've had up to um, eight or nine on the bird bath with their wings out, enjoying a nice bath. So mum and dad introduce the young ones to where they can um, get a drink, which is only really about oh, 30, 40 metres, maybe a bit more to where the tree or the tube with the, tr yeah, the where the uh, tube is situated. So yeah, so the... Uh, Obviously the noise, like I say, you can hear is the, uh, the young one squawking, squawking. That's extremely interesting episode on the um, Carnaby Cockatoo. Now, if you guys want to follow us, remember to check out our Instagram, birdman underscore dad. All right, everyone. We'll see you later. Bye.